Good morning, friends. My name's Andy Steele-Smith. My family and I worship at Hillsong Church, Century City. I minister to the gangs in Manenberg, where they call me the gang pastor. Today, I want to talk about a difficult topic. And instead of a word of encouragement, it's really more of an exhortation. I want to talk about gender-based violence. Just last week in Fisanta Kral, one of the townships that we minister in, we lost a strong, vibrant, intelligent and loving mother, Nossi Sello, to a gruesome act of gender-based violence. Nossi was evidently killed by her husband, dragged across a field in a willy bin and buried in a shallow grave. She leaves behind uh, a grieving family and a grieving community. And they're all asking the same questions. Why and when? When will we take responsibility for and bring an end to this violence perpetrated against women? I'm devastated by Nossi's murder, but I'm glad that at least it's being spoken about rather than simply swept under the mat as something that should be ignored or dealt with behind closed doors. 72 hours after her death, I had the privilege of witnessing a thousand or more women worshipping, singing, praying and mourning together. There were three languages spoken that night, each instantly recognisable. The languages were Corsa, unity and love. It was a sad but a powerful and poignant moment indeed. Gender-based violence is a shameful blight on society, but sadly it's not something that the church or Christian community is exempt from. It's something for which we all bear a measure of responsibility. I'm ashamed to say that whilst never having perpetrated it, I, like most men, bear a measure of responsibility for it. Every one of us that has ever sniggered at so-called locker room talk, rather than speaking up against it, bears responsibility. Similarly, those of us who have perpetuated patriarchal norms bear responsibility. As does anyone that sees a colleague come to work battered and bruised without seeking to offer assistance. And similarly, those who have colleagues who've come to work with a hangover and bruised hands, and yet they say and do nothing. And every one of us men who has failed to listen adequately to women bears responsibility for it as well. I know that I've not listened well enough, and for that I'm deeply sorry. Gender-based violence transcends all races, all religions, and all socioeconomic categories. However, like so many social ills, it has a disproportionate impact on the impoverished and the generationally forgotten. Gender-based violence is about many things, but amongst others, it's about power and abuse of power. It's about the sexualization and objectification of women by society, thereby women become objects or, in a sense, possessions to men, rather than equal companions, friends and treasures. It's a tragic result of multiple generations of fatherlessness, of toxic masculinity, of a patriarchal society that highlights the rights of men and seeks to diminish or quieten the voice of those who speak for the rights of women. And ultimately, it's a result of a failure of men to keep other men accountable. But is it the responsibility of the church to respond to this crime? I believe the answer is resoundingly yes. However, most particularly where the church has in many cases perpetuated patriarchal control and power imbalances. Isaiah 1.17 says, Learn to do good, seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, and plead for the widow. And in Micah 6.8 it says, And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? The Bible is absolutely clear on what our response must be to injustice. The question can be asked, am I my brother's keeper? And of course the answer is yes. My prayer is one of the good things that's coming out of this crazy COVID season is a realization that whether in good or bad times, we are interdependent and therefore absolutely responsible for each other. 
I think we've seen that in the wider church's response to food security. But now we need to turn that rightful, uh, zealous behavior to feeding the hungry, to protecting the vulnerable. So what are the solutions? Well, firstly, as men, we have a responsibility for our failures, and we need to acknowledge where we've gone wrong. And the very first step in this is to listen to the voices of women, full stop, but most particularly as it relates to gender-based violence. And after listening, we need more, better, bolder, and more God-fearing fathers and men of God who have the courage of their convictions to protect women, whatever the cost. 1 Timothy 5.2 says, Treat older women as mothers and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. And herein lies the key. We need to honor and respect the women who are our elders as if they were our own mothers. And part of that means we need to be and remain teachable. We need to ask the mothers in society how our behavior as men needs to change. We're called to honor, respect, protect and cherish our community mothers. And so too the lessons that they can still teach us. And we need to treat our peers and the younger women in society as if they were our own younger sisters or daughters. This means that we're called to protect, honor, show gentleness and kindness towards our younger sisters. And as we would when we see our own physical sisters being harassed or objectified, we need to stand up, we need to act as a big brother, and we need to stand up for them. When we see men leering at or wolf-whistling our younger sisters, we need to man up and hold the perpetrators to account. By definition, we don't hurt or bring harm to those that we honor and esteem. If the fathers and father figures of our communities, irrespective of race, privilege or circumstance, teach their boys to treat all women as precious and worthy of honor, then again, we're going to be on the right path. If we can replace a vacant position of influence that has existed under successive fatherless generations with great fathers, great father figures and godly adopted uncles, then we can turn the cause of violence against women on its head. Friends, the reality is that it is time for action. The time for talking, grand prayer walks and consultation is behind us. We need to do something. We need to be radical and we need to be the change. The time is now. As for me, well, when I see something that concerns me, I'm going to speak up no matter what that costs me. And I commit to doing all that I can to help the next generation, both my own sons and my spiritual sons and their friends, in the various communities that we minister in, that women are to be cherished, honored, valued, and protected without exception. But I want to ask you all a question today. I want to ask you to think, reflect, and pray upon the question. What is God calling me to do? What am I going to do differently than I have before? And then I want to exhort you to go out and do exactly that. As we all know, a time-tested definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. So whatever we do, let's change it up and change the outcome. It's time. Amen.